Well, good morning, everyone. We're not finished yet. Take your time. Do whatever you want to do over there. Good morning, John. Good morning, Susan. Good morning. I want to get a little closer to you this morning. I feel like a, a rock star up there sometimes, and I don't like that at all. So, yeah, right. And uh, I want to, this morning, I want to communicate. And all I ask is this. See, each and every person you're responsible to your own is to receive as much as you can the heart of what I'm gonna share today. And I believe God's gonna do something. I believe he's gonna upgrade us collectively as a community in his love for one another. And this is how I see it playing out. Whether we respond like this, no, no pressure to do so, is I see that as I begin to uh, speak during the message that there'll be certain moments where God is gonna go, uh, that's you. If that happens, all I ask is this, and I hope that you find a place where you're completely free to do this and there's no judgment because we're all in the same boat, is to stand during that time. Because I believe that what happens when we respond like that, God is going to do something in our hearts. I see it so clearly and I just don't know how it's going to play itself out. But this morning we're going to talk about this idea, and I believe it's just a one-time message. We're talking about the good fight for some time and this probably correlates very well with it about becoming love this is a big big difference between doing love and becoming love it's about becoming love and what does that look like so the apostle paul he's writing this letter to the corinthian church and in first corinthians chapter um 13 it's the love chapter he says these words you can put that on the screen it says and now abides three things. Faith, which we've been talking about, standing and withstanding and holding on to what God has said. Hope, because faith is the substance of things hoped for. If you're not hoping for something, faith doesn't have anything to hold on to. And it says in love. And he said the greatest of all of these is love. I want, to, I want you to see what God's heart is today because I, I truly believe, myself included, I'm missing it somewhere. And I don't say that in a way of, oh man, I'm lacking something or I'm condemned or I feel guilty. No, I just know that I'm not walking in the fullness of what that truly means to be loved and then to extend love to others. In uh, 1 Corinthians, the, the chapter right before this, the final verse, this is Paul talking about all the gifts that are available to all of us to walk in. Amazing gifts that each of us can walk in. He said these words in verse 31. He says, but earnestly desire the best gifts. And yet, he says, I'm gonna show you a more excellent way. You know, I just went to a conference this past week in Atlanta and I saw some amazing things happen. I saw some people walk in some amazing giftings. There was one guy who was, he has this gift of prophecy and he sharing with an unbeliever who is an atheist. She said, I don't believe in God. He said, can I show you something of how God loves you? And, he, and he'd never been to this person's house. He's never met her before. And God took him to her house in his vision. And he says, I wanna show you what's here in your house. And he pulled out a journal 
in his mind, he told her this in a, in, a, in a desk that he's never been to a house. And he said, and this is what you wrote in the journal. And God says, I want to meet you right there. It was a gifting that you go, holy cow, whoa. I mean, how, come on, what kind of gifting is that? That's like crazy type gifting. And Paul says, man, there's all these amazing gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge and healing. But he says, I want to show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into these set of verses in verse number one of 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 13. You can go there. It should be on there, I believe. Is it not? It says these words, it says, but earnestly, it's not on there actually. It says, but earnestly desire the best gifts and that I show you more excellent way. He says, though I speak with tongues of men and angels, but I have not love, all I've done is become a cleaning symbol. Like I have the gift of tongues and I can speak a language that is divine into heaven and to God himself. But if I do not have, not do love, if I do not have love, I just become a cleaning sound or a sounding brass. Verse two says this, although I have the gift of prophecy and I understand all the mysteries and all knowledge and although I have all faith, how many know that we look up to those kind of people? Like, wow, they got knowledge and they got wisdom, they got understanding, my gosh, that person's faith is like out of this world. He says this, although I have all the understanding, all the gift of prophecy, all of the ability to walk by faith, he says, so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Man, God's gonna get real close to us today, I'm telling you. Like, normally, it won't, it's not like this, but today he's gonna, like, there's a, he's gonna touch you right where you are. He's gonna deal with some things in a very gracious and gentle way because we all need to learn what this actually truly means, not from an intellectual point of view, but from a heart faith point of view. And he says, though I bestow, now listen to this, though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor. Can you imagine if you saw somebody you knew, they gave everything they have to the poor, and he, gave, and he says, and although I give my body to be burned as a martyr, but have not love it profits me nothing. This morning is an important message for all of us here at New Day. After 16 months of our church plan, I'm beginning to see more clearly what God is attempting to infuse into each and every one of us as his people. And I remember telling you guys early on in this church plan, I was sitting at my kitchen table, it was a Saturday morning, it was like 10 a.m., and I felt like God says, Justin, I'm going to do a move. And I began to see how the halls begin to fill and flood with waters and it began to come down and trickle down the aisles and then it began to come up to our knees and then to our waist and then to our chest and then overwhelm us and begin to drown us in what he was going to do. And so I had a picture of what that looks like. God, man, the power of God's going to flow through this place and man, people are going to get healed. People are going to get saved. And just Thursday morning this past day, I felt like he showed me a little bit more clearly what that looks like. That the move that God is doing and that he's going to do, it's a move of overwhelming us as a community with love. Amen. Now, I know that doesn't mean much yet. I, 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 to me, it... it, 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 it literally like just woke me up that Thursday morning, not literally from a sleep, but just woke me up in my prayer time. I was like, God... 
what is that? Like, what does that even mean? And he's like, Justin, you have even begun to tap into one, how much I love you and two, how to love people properly. Like, Justin, when you fully understand what it was like to be Jesus Christ living on this earth, he embodied love. And I've heard people say this before and I think it's an amazing statement is, well, yeah, that was Jesus. That's why he did what he did. And I was sharing with Jim this morning, no, it wasn't because he was Jesus. It was because Jesus was love. And so whenever you saw him move and how he dealt with the woman who was thrown in adultery, how he talked to the woman who was at the well when they don't talk to Samaritans and he offered her life and when he did whatever he did and how he dealt with his disciples, it was because he was love. When he was on that cross for us, can you imagine? He said these words, Father, forgive them for they what? And we go, oh, but that's, no, it's because he was Love. And love speaks that way. Love sees people that way. Love sees that when somebody is to be judged because they've been caught in the act of adultery. Now think about any person in this room that you know personally and somebody caught them this morning in adultery but naked and brought them into this room, what would our judgment be? What would our response be to that person? What would it be like? How would, how would we feel? feel toward them and yet Jesus somehow some way looked at them he was able to put everything in this perspective why because he was operating in a love that maybe none of us have ever experienced and it doesn't mean everybody gets away with everything no he looked at the Pharisees he said hey the first one that is without sin go ahead judge like freely judge this girl because she deserves it oh you guys can't why because oh you have your own issues okay and then he knelt down and he said and I forgive you as well. Go and sin no more. Like neither do I condemn you just as well. Love spoke to her and literally probably transformed that person's life. And so the move that God is doing is he's gonna increase our ability to know what this looks like. Because many times we don't know what love looks like from God's perspective because love is an attitude. And I'm hesitant to go here, but I'm gonna go, Okay. And I normally never go this route, but I just want to do it. Is some have a attitude toward our president. Wait, some have an attitude toward the squad. Do you guys know who the squad is? Okay, the four congresswomen. Both are justified in our own mind. Both are, I have a feeling toward them because of that, and love has no place in those, both of those feelings. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is that if you were love, you would not feel toward that pe person that way. Someone goes, I love them, but huh, I don't want to see them. That's not love. That is pretending. That is us trying to do the Christian thing, but when you finally realize what this looks like, what this looks like makes all the difference. And so it's all about when I love people truly and dearly, it's because I finally realize what this looks like, that his feelings toward me never change. His thoughts toward me are always the same. I always know where I stand with my father because he is love. And the apostle Paul said these words in 1 Timothy chapter one. He says, now the purpose, you can go to that, that slide. It should be on there. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.5. Now the purpose of the commandment is what? The purpose of all of this that we're doing is to become what? 
to become love because if you become love, the spirit of God now shows you how to live in it. He shows you now how to extend it to every single person. No matter who they are, what they stand for, what they believe, you're able to now walk in a place of love which is not moved by people. It's moved by what you're receiving from above. It's called love. And it says the purpose of the commandment is to love from a pure heart, from a good, a good conscience and a sincere faith and so when love rises up inside of us I want you to and this is where I begin believe the spirit of God will begin to go you know what that's you maybe it's already happened and you're just ignoring him but we'll see when love rises self along with selfishness begins to die how do you define self please hear me as much as you can self is defined like this I have a right to be fill in the blank. I have a right to be hurt. I have a right to be offended. I have a right to be mad. I have a right to my own personal opinion about that. I have a right to feel about that person the way that I feel about them. I have a right to say what I want to say. Anytime self comes up, it says this. I have a right to be what? Just fill in the blank. And every single word that you put there, you will feel so justified in your own ways. And that's what Proverbs says. Every way of man is justified in his own sight. And I'm telling you, when love rises, self starts to go down. Self no longer is. But what about? You don't know what they did to. You don't know how they treated me and so when we go into our workplace or we go into a relationship we go into these different atmospheres what is it self stands and goes okay this is about me so what well, who's going to make me happy and who's going to not make me happy when love steps in love goes self you are not allowed to come in here and love steps in and now it begins to go okay i am here for all of them because the only way that Jesus can flow through us into every single one of us in this room is when love is allowed to rise up on the inside of us. When we become love rather than trying to love. If you don't see it in Jesus, you didn't learn it from him. Now think about that for a moment. The... the the residual impact that that would make in your life would be outstanding when if you didn't see it in Jesus, you never learned it from him. As young kids growing up, we have Carly and we have Summer. Things are gonna happen to them. When it happens to them, they get hurt. They get mad, they get angry. And we just continue to learn how to live like that all the way through adulthood. And then adults act like kids sometimes. And at baseball games, you see it all the time. At little kids, then I got mad at the ump because he did this or said this or that coach did this to my kid. And so we just perpetuate it and we continue to grow through it. And then fathers aren't talking to sons and mothers aren't talking to daughters. And there's a division there. And then marriages are splitting up all because we've learned one thing. We've learned how to live to protect, to defend, to preserve self. And if you don't see it in Jesus, you didn't learn it from him. Although it feels so right, looks so right, it's natural part of the process. If he does not feel that way, you didn't learn how to feel like that from him. Father, I thank you for my brother Landy in Jesus' name. May you meet him right where he is, Father God. And I thank you that he is becoming 
love, that you just receive it right now, Landy. You just become the very thing that God has freely given to you so that you could actually see the way that he sees the very situation that you're facing. When love rises, color no, matter, no, no longer matters. Please hear me. When love rises in my heart, I see color no more. It no longer bothers me. It no longer affects me, Father God. I thank you for Lester in Jesus' name. May you bless him, Father God, and may he receive everything that you're speaking to him right now in Jesus' name. When you receive love and you start to become love, color no longer matters in this, this scope of life because Jesus died for every single person. Every single person has the exact same value. Nobody has a different value. What is awesome is, Lester, stand up real quick. Real quick. Yeah, no, yeah, stay standing. Look at us. Do we look anything alike? No, but we don't. But you know what we can both do is look like the one who is named Jesus. Because Jesus is not a color. Jesus is Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm not trying to look like him. He's not trying to look like me. I'm trying to, we're both saying Man, we can look like our elder brother, Jesus Christ. That's all we're trying to look at. So this color means nothing no more. Why? Because love rises up on the inside of us. And when it's not when self rises up, then we have prejudices and we have preferences. How about this? When love rises, you start to see value in everybody. You actually start to see value in those who... You just are like, oh, I don't know about them. They're a little bit, uh, a little bit creepy, a little bit weird, a little bit uh, out there. But you start to realize everybody has value. Not the ones who are just rocking it and doing well in this world. Every single person has value. What that means is this. The woman who's about to have an abortion has the same value that somebody who just decided not to have an abortion has in the eyes of God. Yes, we have our stances. Yes, we have our ways of standing for certain things, but I'm not gonna feel about a person a certain way because of what they did. I'm gonna feel about them because I receive love from somebody that God does not go. Can you imagine Jesus just walking by and it's like just having a conversation with God and going, I'm done, Lord. I'm done, Father. These guys are dumb <laughs> like time and again I have served I have prayed for people I've done all this stuff and they're still acting a fool can you imagine Jesus like that if you didn't see it in Jesus you didn't learn it from him so the question is where did we learn this where do we learn how to make sure self arises and when self rises love has no place and when love rises, self has to bow its knee to now what love is going to cause us to become. When love rises, expectations that we place upon others decreases. Because our expectations of others, even though they go unspoken, lead to disappointment and discouragement and I'm upset and why did they do that? Father, I thank you in Jesus' name. May you bless my sister, Father God. May you do all that you want to do inside of her life. I thank you that as she stands, you're ministering to her right where she is. Sharon, just receive. Receive what God has for you and let him infuse you with the words that I'm speaking this morning.
is that when love rises, my expectations of Sarah and my kids and you guys goes down. Because then you no longer are what is going to make me happy. Why? Because I've been satisfied in the love that, guys, I don't understand. I fully don't get it. I, I fully have yet to even receive probably a measure of what God has, and that's what he's been dealing with me about is, Justin, you don't get it. You don't get how much I truly and absolutely in love with you so that you can freely give it without expectation of how somebody should respond and how they should be and what they should say and what they should do and when they should do it. Our expectations rise, and how many of us are so hurt by other people because we had an expectation and it did not get met and therefore we can't feel about that person the way that God feels about them love had a decrease when love rises forgiveness flows freely over the many years of being in the ministry I've heard this statement I'm having such a tough time Justin to forgive forgiveness is not even the issue when love rises on the inside of your heart guess what love knows how to forgive so many times we are not filled with God's love and so we're trying to forgive somebody and they're the whole object of our forgiveness when in fact when you just receive God's love and you realize because he's love, he freely forgave us. He's not like, oh, this is a tough one. I have to forgive this guy too, my goodness. Like he's not like that. He doesn't feel like, oh man, I have to forgive them. Like this whole, this Jesus thing really covered everybody. He doesn't feel like that and sometimes we are forcing ourselves to forgive. No, Father, please help me to receive your love because the way that I see that person right now is not the way that you see them. And that's one of the hardest things to do. When love rises, ambition and preferences cease. When love rises, my opinions begin to change about what I'm going through and who I'm going through it with. When love rises, hurts begin to get healed. There's a powerful thing to this thing called love. When love begins to rise up on the inside of us, my hurt about what my daddy did and what my mommy did and what my grandparents did and what that person didn't do and why do they do that, they begin to heal up. But when self is allowed to say, you know what? No, I have a right to do, I have a right to feel toward my father like that and toward my mother and toward my past like that, then the, the hurt never heals. But when you finally say, okay, God, I'm ready. I'm ready to receive your love because it's this love that will now cause me to no longer hurt toward those people. Father, I thank you for my brother, Mike, and I ask that you do all that you're called or all that you're wanting to do right now in his heart. Every hurt may be healed. The things of the past may you, Father God, begin to mold and to, to move right now, Father God, upon his heart. Mike, just go like this with your hands, man. Just receive it. Father, thank you that he receives as a son who never has to earn your love, who never has to strive to be good enough for you, Father God, because your love for him is overwhelming. May you heal every hurt. May you give him a new lens and may he receive freely in Jesus' name, Father God, for Christy and for Judy, for Mary and for Betty and for Chloe. Father God, I thank you in Jesus' name. Ladies, just receive right now whatever it is the Spirit of God is doing inside of your hearts, that that hurt, whatever it may be, is not something, God, heal my hurt. No, 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 God, give me love. Let love rise up on the inside of me and that hurt will automatically begin to heal because you won't see it as a place of what somebody did to you. You see it as what God has already done for you.
And so, Father, I bless each of those ladies in Jesus' name to receive what they're receiving. How about this one? Love rises up in our hearts. Hatred and division cease. Guys, I'm, I, I watch it. I watch it all day long on Facebook. I, I spend time on Facebook, and so I see it all posts. Is there's hatred and there's division always over one issue. It's not whether Jesus is real and he's not. It's whether we like this guy or we don't like this guy. Whether we're part of this camp and we're not part of that camp. And it is dividing us even as a, a family of believers, a body of Christ who has a mission to go and to love a world so deeply with the love that we received and yet we're getting distracted. I, I, there's a verse in I think 2 Timothy chapter 4, maybe 1 Timothy 4. It says that one who is, entang- or one who is in warfare does not entangle himself with the affairs of this life life yes if you have a passion and a calling go do something about it but do not have a self sorry no, Jay, go ahead go ahead <laughs> do not have this self-centered approach that will divide people may love be your motive when love rises division and hatred begin to cease when love rises Hope rises. When you look at what you see, does it excite you about tomorrow or depress you? And when love rises, you realize, wait, he has me on this earth. And he has Wendy, Sherlina, and Ryan, and Anna, and Byron. He has every one of us on this earth who are now becoming his love. There's great hope for tomorrow. Politically, I don't know if there's great hope politically. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it's going to be like. I don't know who's going to be the next president or who's going to be in running for office. But I do know this, that Jesus does sit on a seat next to his heavenly father because he reigns supreme. And I do know that same Jesus lives on the inside of each and every one of us by the spirit of God and that he's causing us to become love so that we can be lights in a dark world wherever we go. I know there's hope. And I know that Jesus believes there's hope because his body is on this earth and he's not frustrated with us he's calling us up to go and do what we've called to do which is to love every single person that we meet with the same love that Jesus has so that person can experience something they've never experienced before which is Jesus and when they experience Jesus they can be transformed they can be touched by something they've never been touched by by before but if we go to them and all they hear is our issues and our hurts and our mitzvah then they don't get Jesus they get us But when they get love, they get Jesus. Father, I thank you for Phil and for Beth and for Patty. I pray in Jesus' name, do it right now. Go deep, go deep, go deep, Father God, that they would become the very thing that you have called them to become, to receive right now the love of the Father for them so that they can go and represent that in Jesus' name, that as love rises up on the inside of them, Father God, hope for tomorrow will rise just as well. When love rises, our faith grows. When I realize how secure I am in God's love, my faith is planted. My faith is not planted in a church. My faith is not planted in a pastor. My faith is planted in one thing, God's love for me. My faith is not planted in Sarah or my kids or my parents or my my identity and something else. My faith is planted in one thing, God, you love me endlessly and passionately and relentlessly and I get to be secure in, in that completely. 
For 14 years as a believer, I strived and I worked and I tired myself out in a very zealous way. I was admired for how I lived my Christian walk, but I was never secure in the love of the Father. And he had to take me on a crazy journey, one that Sarah and I still struggle over some issues that come from there. And he just finally came to a point where it's like, man, this is secure. God loves Justin Kane, not because of how cool Justin Kane is or how he can preach. God loves me because I'm his and he is mine. And God loves you just the way that you are. And of course, he's going to transform you. And of course, he's going to upgrade you. And of course, he's going to cause you to become way more than you ever were before you met him. Father, I thank you for... I can Okay. Yep. No, no, I couldn't see Father, thank you for these ladies in Jesus' name. Father, I bless them in Jesus' name. And I thank you that their faith right now, Father God, I know them. I thank you that their faith, Father God, begins to settle down deep into your love. (laughs) That they are fully persuaded beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves them so deeply. For Kim, for Jean, for Roberta, for Amy, Father God, in Jesus' name, and for my brother John, Father, may, that, may, may, may you be so secure, man, in God's love for you that there's never a wonderment of where they stand with God or how he feels toward them. I break that in their life, that their mind is at rest, and that right now they even feel and experience your love. In Jesus' name, amen. When love rises, that's when the world starts to experience God. And when love rises, everything changes. I've said it many times before, but God is and has been taking all of us on a journey of discovery of who he is for us and who we are to him and how we can represent him and to those that we interact with each and every day. Just as I was walking and talked with Jim last night about it, but as I was walking up into bringing this stuff to the church here, I was like, I somewhat envy many of you who rub shoulders with those who don't know Christ. And there's a trick that happens, and it's this, that because they don't know Christ, that you have an expectation of maybe how they should be, that you're bothered by them that they actually move you out of a place of love so that when you see them, when you, maybe they're lazy at the workplace, maybe they're cheating time, maybe they're doing something and you look at them and you go, I can't stand that coworker. That's what I'm talking about. You cannot give them Jesus when you cannot stand them. And all I'm asking for you guys to do is just check, check yourself at the door wherever you go into and say, okay, Father, Give me a love that you have for them because they cheat, they mock, they steal time, they do all this stupid stuff that they shouldn't do. Father, help me to feel about them the way that you feel. Father, I thank you for Joe. I pray in Jesus' name that he just receives and that love will rise up on the inside of him that he can represent you wherever he goes. Everything that happened in the past, things that are still going on in his mind, I thank you in Jesus' name completely at rest as he receives your love. Amen. So my hope is that the pressure to perform 
and to earn and to impress God has lifted from your shoulders as long as you've been at New Day. That that pressure no longer weighs on you because you now realize, oh, I don't have to do that with you because you're not impressed. (laughs) You're not impressed with me at all, no matter how smiley I am and how much I do whatever I do and go to church four times a month. God, you're still not impressed? No, it's like the gladiator, you know, like when he was in the stadium, he's like, are you not whatever he said impressed entertained are you not in thank you stephanie are you not entertained it's like we do that with god are you not impressed with me yet he goes no i never will be i'm impressed with what my son did on your behalf that impressed me and now because he impressed me i am impressed with you And he's impressed with all of you deeply. You are his beloved son and daughter. And he delights deeply in you. Now the pressure to perform for him is gone. I don't have to strive to get an A. I don't strive to make him happy. Because can you imagine if God, his happiness was based upon me? Holy cow, that would be horrible to be God. Think about it for a moment. What if he was happy based upon the performance of his children? I mean, then he would be depressed, but he's not. He's happy based upon one, and it's his son who is perfect, a spotless lamb. He goes, that pleased me, therefore I can now have delight in every single person that puts their trust in the very thing that I trusted. That's a God that is free. He's free from us so that he can love us freely. And when we become free from others, so we can now what? Love them freely. But when they get us moved into a place of self we can't freely love them and that we are to seek him not because of what happens if we don't but because we are starting to realize that he longs for a relationship for deep fellowship with every single person in this room why because he actually delights in you and he has joy when he thinks about you I want to stop and camp just for a second there. When he thinks about you, a smile fills his face. I know some of you can't see it like that. For 14 years, I tried to see a picture like that. And the more that I did well, the more I felt like he had a smile on his face. Until he began to show me, Justin, it's not about that. You're mine. You are my beloved. And as you realize that, you can freely now give it wherever you go. He is relentlessly loving us because he is love and he releases it each and every day and he's calling us to be just like him. Check out these verses. 1 John 4, 7 and 8. You fall asleep back there, Nico? Beloved, let us love one another for love is what? of God and every one who loves love is an attitude I want you to think about that love is not an action love is not about compromising or being nice or being kind love is an attitude what is God's attitude towards you he's love so his attitude towards you never changes everyone who loves is what born of God and knows God and he who does not love doesn't doesn't say he does not go to heaven doesn't say he doesn't go to church doesn't say he doesn't belong in the family of God it just simply says this when somebody is not loving 
they're not knowing the love of the Father. They truly don't know what this looks like to be so loved based upon who I am to somebody rather than what I did for somebody. And so he's saying when you don't see somebody in your own life, when you don't see yourself able to love somebody, go know the Father better. Go discover more about how the Father loves you. Look at verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I don't care what name you put in one another. That means that you are to love whomever it is is right in front of you. Whether it's on a YouTube video, whether it's on a TV screen, whether it's on a Facebook post, whether it's in real life, we are called to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God then what? Bides in us. Do you see how he now people experience God when love is able to flow freely? What is love? Love is an attitude. Remember that. God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. We're going to skip, I think, a few, few verses. What, what's the next one? There it goes. Uh, 13 and then we'll go to 16. Uh, by this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. This is awesome. The Holy Spirit will show you how to love. When you say, Holy Spirit, show me how you feel about that person. Show me how to love that person. And this is where the Lord is just totally dealing with me, even when it comes to my own marriage. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love and he who abides in love abides where? In God. Sometimes we think, you know what? I need to abide in God. So what do we go do? We go into our secret place to go what? Pray. And we think that's what's abiding in love. But what about abiding when you wake up in the morning and you go, Father, I just received the love. Father, I thank you for Joe. I don't know how long you've been standing out there, brother, but I thank you for Joe and I pray, I pray, Father God, in Jesus' name he receives. Just go like this, Joe. I just thank you that he receives, Father God, what you have from at this very moment. Holy Spirit, you know exactly where he's at. You know exactly what he needs and I thank you that you give it to him right now and that he can freely receive it in Jesus' name. Is I don't have to go to a room to abide in God. That's great. Jesus went broke away from the busyness of life to go to the wilderness. So that's extremely important. But it was not so God could abide in him. I just need to abide in his love and then God begins to abide in me as I receive his love. Look at this. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us. I want you to see this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he what is, so are what? What is Jesus? He is, yeah. The reason why he did and why he said and how he did whatever he did was one reason. He was motivated by one thing, love. And as he is, he's what? Love, so are we in this world. We are to be containers. We are to be that pipe that I talked about before that just allows the love of God to flow through me toward everybody that I experience. And if I'm unable to do that because of that person on the other end, it's because self has clogged that pipe. Self is unwilling to now release that to that person. Why? Because they don't deserve it. What did they do to receive my love? No, they're not receiving your love. Please hear this. This could be life-changing. They are not receiving love from you. They are receiving his love that flows through you. So you're not giving people anything. You're just being a conduit so that God can say, I want to love them and I want to love them. And that's why Jesus said, now look at this. Jesus said, 
Love your... No, no. Wait, that's good. That's right. But let's go a little bit worse than that. Yeah? Now think about that. Love your what? <laughs> Guys, do you know what that means? We complain about our enemies. No, no, listen to me. We call people up and we post things and we tell people, I can't stand that person. I hate that person. What they did, there are enemies and God says, I want you to what? I want you to love them. And it's, yeah. <laughs> right? I'm telling you, sister, that's how I felt until Thursday. And, and, and God's going, oh, oh, boy, you think it's about, you. oh, you think, oh, you're struggling to love them because you think it's about them and you think you're giving them something and they don't deserve it from you because of what they did to you. No, 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 Justin, I want to love them through you. I mean, those things are shocking, aren't they? Like, he, he messed up when he wrote some things in the Bible, I think. So the message of love is not about what you need to do or how you need to act. It has everything to do with catching God's heart for you and his heart for people. Father, thank you for Aunt Ray, and I bless her in Jesus' name. I know all she's been through, Father God, and I thank you that she can receive in this moment to just freely let go and forgive and, Father God, embrace what you have for her. No fear, Father, of the future, but I just thank you that you meet her right where she is with your love in Jesus' name, and amen. Ultimately, yes, love is action, but there's always this contention. Father, thank you for Sue. Sue, just go like that. Father, thank you that she can just receive your love for those that need your love. My goodness. Father, thank you that you flow through her and that as all of us, we don't stop that flow because it's not about us. It's about you and the other people. And so, Father, thank you that she is a free-flowing conduit and that as it flows through her, Father God, I thank you that it transforms her, that she would so understand what love looks like from you to her that she'll be able to see how it needs to go through her to others. Father, thank you for Michael. I bless you, man, in Jesus' name. And I thank you that there's no blockage, Lord, from him receiving what you have for him today. At this very moment, open his eyes to a new world of understanding how secure he is in your love. And Father God, may that love break anything that is hindering his life in Jesus' name, amen. There's this contention between being and doing. And many of you who have been church for many, many years have been taught how to do. Go and do, go and love, go and do, go and be kind, go and do. What if you became love? What if you weren't trying to love people, you became the very thing that God just deposited on the inside of you and now whoever got you, they experienced God because they experienced love. First and foremost, having a love for others stems from receiving God's love and allowing yourself to be a conduit or a pipe that you are now expressing that love wherever you go. Please remember, love is an attitude. It's not about uh, skipping through life. It's not about flowers and the 60s and drugs and hey, we're all love. It's not about hugging trees. I am not talking about that at all. I don't even know what that means, but I'm not talking about that. I can tell you that. It's about 
becoming who he is in us and allowing him to now be deposited to those who are in front of us. Before New Day started, the Lord began to deal with me about the mission and the focus of who we are as a church. I hope you know that I'm not here. I, and I have to say this because I, I, I think it's important, especially for those who are new. I'm not trying to build an entity here. We don't have anything to offer you except teaching you who you are and sending you back out into the race that God has called you to be. And I'm okay with that. There are many churches around who have programs and things that you can go avail yourself. If you like the teaching here, come here and go get blessed wherever. Is that what I'm saying is I'm saying that I know deep in my heart that God has said, man, New Day is to equip believers to go do what they've called to do, not to build New Day. That is very, very serious with me because I, I'm a committed to that mission. I'm committed to the very thing that he showed us to do. And we certainly aren't there where we wanna be but I know he's building us toward it, that we're a community that learns how to love, that we're learning what this looks like. Marriages will start to look different. Families will start to look different. How we interact with each other will start to look very differently. And I just wanna say for many of you in this room, bravo on how far you've come of loving others. Those in need, those who are going through certain things, caring deeply about where somebody might be going through rather than just so focused on yourself that you don't know where anybody else is at in life. Like care deeply about where are people? Are you, how are you doing? Oh, you're there? Meet them right where they're at. Rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. It's all I can say is that is the epitome of what it means to love, to meet somebody right where they are. Our mission is simple. And I know she just stepped out, which I think might be a good thing, my wife. No, I'm going to say something very seriously about it. My, our mission is simple to what? Reach people right where they are, as many as we can, with the love of God. And uh, without trying to cry, uh, probably six months ago maybe, Sarah said to me, I wish that you did the mission of the church to me. Think about that. She said, I wish you would meet me <laughs> right where I am. And I just had to go back and ask God, show me where people are. And sometimes we don't care or we're not interested in going there because it's messy. And we want people to step up their game and come to where Jesus is and Jesus just showed me Justin I met people right there and the story that just stood out to me about the vision of this church is the good Samaritan think about this the priest and the Levite were going probably to church guys think about this the priest and the Levite were probably going to do church the priest is the pastor. The Levite is the worship leader. So Jim and Ryan, you guys screwed up royally. <laughs> I'm the good Samaritan, okay? <laughs> so the priest and the Levite looked at a man that was at the point of death, and yet they went and did church instead of being the church. Why? Because there's only one that was moved with compassion, and that's what love is. 
And so we don't know where people are at. And so we just move with our agenda and with our busyness. Some of us come here, we, we set up and we tear down, never giving one thought to the persons that we're rubbing shoulders with to see where they're at, to love them enough, to care about them enough to go, let me invade your world for just a moment. And that good Samaritan saw him at a point of death and man, what he did was he loved him. What does love look like, Pastor Justin? I don't know. Meet somebody right where they are and see where it takes you. That's what it looks like. What does it look like for me and Sarah for her to say something like that to me? It means, okay, Justin, meet that girl right where she is and see where it takes you. And if you treat her like a project, then you're not truly loving her. If you treat her like a woman in a relationship and you walk through it step by step, maybe you now know what it's like to love because love is what? Patient. And when you go, will you hurry up and change already? You're not in love. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Like if I feel toward her, like will you hurry up? I've stepped out of love into a personal preference, said come on, do something quicker rather than go, it's okay. And when you see it like that, you start to realize self is always like, me, 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 me. But when you just deny self, Jesus said, man, if anyone wants to follow me, follow what? If anybody wants to follow love, deny yourself and what? Take up your cross. So when you are treated badly on the job, what is taking up your cross? Not slapping somebody with the cross. It's saying, Father, in the midst of this, this environment, I will love. When others go, you know what? I don't, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve to be treated like this. What happened? Self rose up and said, nope. I don't deserve this. They walk out. Why? Because they didn't take up your cross and go, God, I don't care what I go through in my life. I know that you love me and I know that I'm here to love others. I'm not here to get something from others. I'm here to deposit into their life and I will do it no matter who it is in front of me. Whoever what they say to me, Father, I will love them all the way until the end. And then he says, and follow me. And the reason why you can't follow Christ when self arises, why? Because self and love cannot coexist. It's an impossibility. When love rises, self begins to decrease in our lives. I said this before many months ago. I want to make the statement again. We are not in the transformation business. I am not here to try to change you or to see your life transformed. I am here for one thing, to express God's love for you. And it's by that love that you become transformed because God meets you right where you are and he goes, okay, this is where you're at. You're not staying this way. I can tell you that. God never leaves a person that way. Father, thank you for Brandy in Jesus' name. May she just receive what you have for her. May she know how fully, deeply in love you are with her. And Father, whatever reason she's standing for, may you meet that girl right where she is. Heal every wound and upgrade her so that she can see things differently in Jesus' name. Amen. We are in the loving business. God's in the transformation business. And we are being called to love right where people are. Father, thank you for Georgie. I thank you that he's becoming a man of love. 
And I thank you that you're upgrading him into what this looks like toward everybody that he encounters, that he will represent Jesus so well wherever he goes that his light will continue to shine in Jesus' name. I wanna, I wanna deal about two things. Are you guys okay on time? Okay, First Thessalonians. Okay, I've never once, never once shared the values of New Day with anybody publicly. And I'm not gonna do it today, but I can tell you this. It's happened without ever even mentioning it one time. And it came from this set of passages before we started the church. It came from this set of passages. Hey, Dad, you made it? Nice. Well, you're supposed to stand up. If you were gonna listen to the Holy Spirit, maybe I would know that you're back there. Let's talk about love, okay, guys? So. <laughs> Verse 11 says this, Therefore, I just want you to see a few of these words. What a culture of love looks like. Therefore, what? Comfort. comfort each other. Who are you comforting when you come here? Sometimes we come to church and we have one person on our mind. Ourselves. And our husband or our wife that made us mad that morning comfort each other who are you comforting when you come to church and when you're going back into the world that you've been called who are you comforting and look at this and let us what edify one another imagine when love each of us become love every single one of us and we walk through those doors on Sunday morning we walk through those doors at work we walk through those doors at a grocery store and love just walked in what happens comfort and love. I just had a, we were in Atlanta just this past couple of days and I was at a conference but we had a lot of downtime with lunch and stuff like that and we got to go out with some different ministers and I was just amazed and, and it's not a judgment but I was amazed that the people in front of them at these tables at lunch and stuff like that, they were not the attention of their moment. Their phone was and what they had to do back home. And, and I just saw God did something very cool in that moment when we're all eating. He allowed me to go so deeply into three people's lives that I've never met before and what? Comfort them and edify them. And we walked away from a crackle barrel table and their lives were impacted forever. I know it. Because of one thing, love sat down at that table and the Lord showed me what is love. Love is not what you want them to know about you. Love is not you needing to do something other than who's in front of you. No, when love sits there, love goes, you are my attention for this moment. And that may God comfort you and edify. Now look at this. This is important, especially when it comes to Jim so he can feel good about himself, right? <laughs> we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. Jim and I get that privilege to do inside of your life and your children's lives. It says, esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake and be at peace among yourselves. So there's a way of when you become love, what that looks like in our direction just as well. Are you seeing that? And then it says, be at peace among yourselves. The, the enemy is out to divide us. He is out to get us to look at each other 
And in Galatians chapter five, it talks about do not, um, what's the word, devour each other or um, Galatians 5, 15 or 13. Can somebody look that up real quick? It's not on the screen. Just somebody bite and devour each other lest you be consumed by each other. And so that's where the, and the enemy wants us to get going is, oh man, start to, to bite and devour each other. Can you believe that person said this and that person did this and why did she look at me that way? And he gots us. Why? Because self now rises and goes, I have a right to feel about them because this is what they did to me. And I know it's hard, guys, but we meet people right where they are, but I hope that you've experienced this from me is I will console you in wherever you are and what you're ever going through but I'm ultimately gonna come down to the conversation of going, okay, so let's extend the gospel to them. What would that look like? And then I hear a click on the other line. (laughs) (laughs) So now we exhort you, brethren, look at this. Love would, would what? Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Do you even know who's faint-hearted in this room? If you don't, then how do you comfort them? And how do, we, how do we love people that we don't engage with? I know we don't like, I know we, we move to places and we don't wanna be even by our neighbors, you know what I'm saying? So I know we're doing everything to get away from people, but at the end of the day, God always brings us back to a community of love. It looks like this. It says, uphold the weak. Do you know who's weak here? And it says, and be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourself and also for all. I'm gonna finish last verse and then we're gonna stop. So ultimately, love should transform us and it should cause us to now have a community that actually is engaging with people. And look at this and go to Galatians, Nico. Galatians chapter six. It should be one of the last couple slides. Now look at this because I want you to think about how you feel towards somebody. It says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault or sin, how many believers do we, how how many times have you seen somebody? Nope. Please hear me. It could be your spouse. It could be a friend. It could be a fellow believer. It could be somebody that you know from a distance. It says, my beloved friends, if you see a believer who is overtaken with a fault, many times we judge them. Many times we look down upon them. Many times we actually disqualify them because they've been overtaken with a what? A fault. And we look at them and says, if you were a Christian, then how could you? It says, may the one who overflows the spirit seek to restore him. Not fix him, not fix her. Not complain about him, not complain about her. Not tell people how he's this or she's this. It says this, whoever has the spirit to seek to restore him, Win him over with what? Oh my gosh. Do you guys see how we're so far from this sometimes? It says with gentle words which will open his heart to you and will keep you from exalting yourself over him. 
When we call somebody up and we talk about somebody else, what do we do? We exalt ourselves over the person that we're talking about. It's so subtle. I've seen it happen in my life so often that I just feel so, Father, thank you for Jim, that this is a man of love and whatever you have for him in his future, Father God, I release that in Jesus' name upon his life. Father God, may love be so embodied in this man that others are uncomfortable around him, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for Hannah. Thank you for this, sister. Hannah, just go like this. Just get in a posture to receive Hannah, just like this. Father, thank you that she receives what you have for her, for Elizabeth and for Judy, Father God, and for Wendy. I pray in Jesus' name. I just release the spirit of gentleness all over them, a spirit of uh, redemptive restoration over their lives, Father God, that they won't look at somebody and take a higher place, but Father God, they'll actually stoop down low and take a humble place to help call that person up into who they are in Jesus' name. And it says this, look at this, it says, love empowers us to fulfill the law of the anointed one as we carry each other's burdens. And let's finish off here. If you think you are too important to stoop down to help another, you're living in deception. Let everyone be devoted to fulfill the work God has given them to do with excellence and the joy will be in doing what is right and being themselves and not being affirmed by others. Every believer is ultimately responsible for his or own, her own conscience. So yes, we're there to carry the load. Yes, we're there to help them get back up. But as I showed you that picture many, many months ago about the, the girl in the fetal position in the corner of the room who was depressed and God said, I want you to love her and love her and love her and love her and love her. When she finally gets up and she, she now can carry her own load to now go and carry somebody else's burdens, that's when she's responsible now for her own. And now I can go and now love somebody else and she now can go and love somebody else and what happens is now we start to call people up into who they are and they start to experience God and now we become a community that is known the moment somebody steps into our sphere our our environment they go wow what is that that is love and I just don't want you to forget what Jesus is all about he is love And he wants to express that through everybody that we come in contact. Amen? Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? Thank you, Wendy. Let's worship the Jesus that we just talked about. And this is what I ask that you take this moment as we worship to consecrate that moment. Many of you stood, some of you did not. Take that moment and go, God, this is the moment that I become love. Lord, show me how to freely receive and freely give this to whomever I come in contact with. And you watch what it changes. Oh, but how do you parent properly? Become love. But how how do you get a better marriage? Become love. Because then self no longer is the reason why the kids are trying to make you happy and your wife is now trying to make you happy because self is now the, the reason why this world exists. No, 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 self denied. Love becomes now I exist to make sure they, re, they, they receive and experience God. 
So I bless you guys in Jesus' name and I thank you, Father, that they would receive everything that you have for them, that they would become the very things that I've spoken over them this morning, that they would receive the love of the Father and they would never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give Jesus' praise offering, amen. I just want to look at Salem.